1: You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Scores! 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 Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, now. here's your host, Ted Ramey remaining of the game. Extra attacker on for San Jose. What's Thrun going to do? He Skates away from Cole Smith. Drops it off for Duclair. Duclair lead past left wing side. Moving in. It's Granlin. Duclair looking for Zadina. Back for Duclair. Behind the net Zadina whirling around. Throwing it back out toward the point, And it's off the stick of, Gra- of a Zetterlin. And that might be it. That might be it. Now the final 15 seconds of the game. Neutral cool zone. Empty net opportunity for Nyquist. The former Shark shoots and scores. Zetterlund's got the puck high in the offensive zone, setting up for a shot. Can't handle the puck, and that's it. And then and then throws it away into the middle. It's it's it just went bad from there. Goal number 14 of the season for former Shark Gus Nyquist. He has one goal and one assist today, and it is a 4-2 Nashville Predators lead. Time of that goal 1948. Close, but no cigar for the Sharks. Give them credit for pushing as hard yep. as they could. Yep. Unfortunately, one difference in the game, they scored in the power play, and the Sharks did not.
2: Yep. Yeah, I thought we did. It. I thought we gave an effort, and you know, we kept hanging around, get down 2 nothing, make it 2-1. to one. Give up a goal to make it 3-1, to one, then score to make it 3-2, to two and had some chances to tie it. So, you know, it was some good things.
3: All right, good morning,
2: everyone. How are we all
3: doing? The San Jose Sharks falling by a final of four to two last night to the Predators in a game that I don't think anybody particularly loved, nor do I think that anyone particularly hated. This was a game where the San Jose Sharks had some stretches of pretty good hockey, in my opinion. The only thing that you really didn't like was the start of that second period where they just were. looking flat they weren't getting shots on net uh they just didn't look like they were quite where they were in the first period and you know that's one of those stretches where the game is is one nothing at that point and then it turns into a two nothing game and the way the Sharks offense is at this point of the year a two goal deficit um is simply too much for them to overcome and it's something that I've talked about a lot over the last couple of years where if you've only given up two goals at home as an NHL team that should be a game that you are winning Unfortunately, the Sharks gave up one more goal on top of that, and then they gave up an empty netter. So, you know, when they did get themselves rolling once again and got two goals, they were down 2-1, and then they get it, or down 2 nothing. they make a goal to make it 2-1. And then the most disheartening play of the game was that, you know, they go and they get a really good look to try and tie it at two, and then suddenly the puck is going the opposite direction, and they're down by a score of 3-1. That was a real momentum shifter. Not that the Sharks were ever... You know, truly threatening for this game, but that felt like if there was a moment if the Sharks could have gotten that goal to make it 2-2 to to really change things, that could have been something huge. Instead, what never was turned into something worse, and suddenly instead of it being a uh, 2-2 game or staying a 2-1 game, you're down 3-1. And at that point, against a goalie like that, against a team that maybe isn't living up to expectations but still has a lot of potent players that can hurt you on any given night, the way the Sharks are right now at this point of the season with the the absences they have, with the lack of offensive ability, they weren't going to be able to get themselves back into it. So, um, you know, again, not the worst night of the Sharks season by any way, shape, or form. I don't think anybody's walking away from that thinking that, oh, you know, this is – a disaster or anything like that. It's just, no, they got outplayed at certain specific moments of the game and they do not have the offensive firepower to overcome some of the mistakes they make along the way. And when you combine those, um, it puts you in a losing situation. We've seen this time and time again this year where the Sharks have put forth good performances, but they've gotten zero, one, or two goals where they've lost one, nothing where they've lost where they've lost 3-2 where they've lost 4-2 in a situation like we saw last night it's just when you don't have the firepower when you don't have the horses when you don't have the overall talent these are going to be situations that pop up where you are hurt by what is overall a good effort I mean I think you give up three goals overall essentially plus an empty netter I don't think anyone's going to be too upset about that that's just a game that you gave yourself a chance unfortunately you were not able to find um, a more viable way back into the game. Yeah, you make it 3 uh, 2, but at that point, you know, it's it still felt like getting any offense going was going to be nearly impossible. So just not the Sharks' night, uh, but hopefully some of the things that we were seeing from Philip Zadina, who one of the quotes that he said was a quote from uh, Mike Ricci, and, you know, everybody loves Reach for a reason, but I love this quote. He paraphrased him I don't know to what extent but he says you never know when hard work is going to pay off and I was like damn that speaks to me you do never know when hard work is going to pay off you do never know when that work you've been putting in is going to pay off and I love that expression because it doesn't say hey keep working hard to an end that you never realize. It's just you work hard because you don't know when the hard work is going to pay off. You don't know when it's going to come. And for Philip Sedina lately, I think he's had some really good jump in his leg. I think that he looked, you know, just fantastic again last night. And I think that when you get him performing that way, you see again why he had such a high draft status and why the Sharks were interested in bringing him onto the team and seeing what he's capable of. And I still think there is a lot more that he is capable of in his game. But I love hearing a quote like that. And that's one of those great insights that you don't know when you're going to get it. But when it comes, you're just thinking to yourself, like, that's a great quote, Ed, not just for us in the media and fans, but also for kids as well, whether they're hockey, whether they're, you know, working at being a musician, whatever it is. Just the idea that you don't know when hard work is going to pay off. I don't know. For something like that, for me, it really resonated. And I hope that for others, when you hear the quote a little bit later, that you, uh, you, you like it as well, just because those are those little drops of wisdom that you hear in sports sometimes that you kind of just shake your head and think, I can't believe I've never heard it said that way before. Um, you know, Mikhail Granlund is another guy who obviously had a really, really good game last night, and he's been playing good hockey, and for him, it's just a matter of staying healthy. He's dealt with injuries at different points this year, but... I think that he's played as well as he has in his career this season with the Sharks. When you take away the injury time, he's been an absolutely phenomenal player, and I I love to watch his game develop. I'm sure that you know him having another scoring opportunity like he did last night that he took advantage of and put in the back of the net, there are probably teams around the rest of the NHL that are looking at that and thinking, yeah, that's a guy that we want to go out there and make an addition to and add to the team. Um, Just as I was thinking of that last night, it was also – you know, watching Gus Nyquist, who I remember, not a lot of people were huge on him uh, when the Sharks added him back in the uh, 2019 season, the 2018-2019. But you know, he was a great pickup, and you know, just had a huge impact on the Sharks' offense going forward that year. And I wish he'd been a guy that could have stayed around. But you know, sometimes those are those acquisitions that come in. They're maybe not as heralded as some other guys, uh, but there's a chance that Mikhail Grandland for another team will be viewed as that guy who can be a difference maker that does not have a huge number associated with them in terms of salary. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I would hate to lose Granlin, but I couldn't help but think that last night as I watched him score and just in general looked like an impactful player out there on the ice over the course of the game. All right, let's take a look back at this one. Uh, It started off with the Sharks play and I felt some pretty good hockey, but unfortunately it was the... Preds who struck first.
1: Here's McCarron shooting it now save made by Kakanen and the puck skips near side. Yossi jumped in kept in McCarron centers that shot went into the net they score Predators one Sharks nothing that goes top corner and the man who shot the puck was keeper Sherwood.
3: Now that one I was a little bit annoyed at because Sherwood was left relatively alone and that's one of those things where you're watching the Sharks and it's like don't watch the puck. Don't follow the puck. Remember where your man is. You got to mark them. You got to see where they are out there on the ice. And that's something we've seen far too often with the Sharks this year, where they just have left guys alone. They've been caught watching the puck, following the puck and not reacting to everybody out there. We can talk about the breakaways, which have been a recent problem for the shark, or we can talk about just guys being a little bit too focused on where the puck is and not focused enough on where everybody out there on the ice is. It was a good goal for Nashville. I, you know, great, Development, great puck movement, uh, but for the Sharks, leaving somebody alone like that, I just felt like, ah, guys, that one is so easily preventable, and I, I say easy with a grain of salt because it's always easy when you're the armchair analyst, but it felt like one that was relatively easily avoidable, especially when you compare it to the second goal, which was one that, in my opinion, Kakinen never had a chance to get because he was screened so effectively.
1: let Roman with the puck. Down low to Nyquist, who's playing really well tonight for Nashville. Works a three to Novak, 45 seconds on the power play. Here's Forsberg, shoots and scores! That's from the point from 55 feet out, and it is a laser for Philip Forsberg. Power play goal for Nashville. They lead 2-0.
3: And given what the Sharks' offense has been like up to this point of the year, you're down 2-0, it feels like that's going to be a tall task to get yourself back into the game But I do give the Sharks a lot of credit for battling because they only gave up one goal in the first. They limited the damage. They didn't let the game get away from them. They only gave up that one power play goal you just heard in the second. Once again, another instance in which they did not let the game get away from them. And then in the third, they were able to reestablish themselves and make it suddenly
1: a one-goal game. Face off to the left side of goaltender Saros. Granlin wins the draw to himself, slides it back. Emerson returned to Granlin, gets underneath Forsberg, moves and shoots, and he scores! A spectacular give and go play, and Mikhail Granlin goes top shelf on his old teammate, Yusuf Soros, to get the Sharks that goal they so desperately needed. It's 2 1 Predators at 110 of the third.
3: And that's exactly the type of play that Mikhail Granlin was brought in for. He can see the ice so well, he can make things happen, he can distribute, he can score. Just so many good things going on on that play, and suddenly the Sharks get themselves back into it there. So you're thinking, all right, the Sharks have given themselves a chance. This is a game where they've not played their best hockey, nor have they played their worst hockey. Suddenly it's 2-1 in the third period, but this is where the game, to me, took a huge turn where they have a really good look to try and make it a 2-2 game, and then it goes the opposite direction. Suddenly they're down 3-1. Uh-oh,
1: trouble, here comes Sherwood, develops a two-on-one, moving in, shoot, score! Sherwood got around Henry Thrun. A two on one developed with Trennan, and he didn't even look at Trennan. He just fired it up top. And what a shot it was that beat Capo Kakinen to putting the Preds in front again, three to one.
3: And Thrun acknowledged after the game that he made a mistake in his play, and you're going to hear about that. And actually, David Quinn, I thought, tried to take the pressure off of him and said that he had him out there a bit too much, but we'll get into that the other side. Uh, but at that point, that. That just was a momentum swing, Uh, but the Sharks did not give up. Philip Zadina got the Sharks once again in a one goal situation. Off the
1: faceoff, 3-1 Predators. Sharks send it back behind the Nashville net, but as the puck arrives on the scene for Zadina, it's deflected by a defensive stick. Ruta indeed goes for the wraparound in front. The shot score! There's Philip Zadina getting a second chance after the wrap from Ruta behind the net came through, and Zadina makes it a one-goal game with 9.34 gone by in the third.
3: Now, my qualm with this from the Sharks is that it seems like there needs to be a little bit of desperation for them to get rolling. Now, at certain moments, I don't hate that because you want a team that's able to respond. You want a team that's able to come back into games. And the Sharks have actually done that decently over the course of the year, but as opposed to being down two-nothing, as opposed to being down 2-1 and then 3-1. You would have loved if that offense had come a little bit earlier in the game because it just changes the entire dynamic where as opposed to chasing a game, you're able to establish a little bit more control. You're able to be the team in control of the game, making the opposition react to you as opposed to the other way around. And obviously, I'll take any opportunity for the Sharks to get back into a game, uh but still it was too little, too late. And they couldn't find that game-tying goal. And then, unfortunately, they did give up the
1: empty netter. 40 seconds remaining in the game. Extra attacker on for San Jose. What's Thrun going to do? He skates away from Cole Smith, drops it off for Duclair. Duclair, lead pass, left wing side, moving in. It's Granlin, Duclair, looking for Zadina, back for Duclair. Behind the net, Zadina whirling around, throwing it back out toward the point, And it's off the stick of, Gra- of a Zetterlin. And that might be it. That might be it down to final 15 seconds of the game. Neutral zone, empty net opportunity for Nyquist. The former Shark shoots and scores.
3: And I guess the big takeaway is they gave themselves a chance, right? Like after they did not play their best game, after they were not able to take advantage of power plays they had in the first period, after they were on the kill too many times in the second period in which they did give up the one power play goal, which was... uh, not not something you love, but there's going to be a rectification to what happened to their penalty kill after they went 20 straight without giving up a power play goal. But, you know, they had their chances in this game. Unfortunately, they were not able to give themselves uh, the perfect opportunity to get the win. And so for the Sharks, you do hope that they see some things that they can build on out of this game. And they're going to be off until Tuesday now uh, when they are playing host to New Jersey. New Jersey uh, coming off a nice win of their own on Saturday night. Although the Devils uh, are at it again today playing host to the Lightning. So they will be off on Monday and then they'll be here at the Tank on Tuesday night. So they will have one more game to play before they take on the Sharks. Whereas the Sharks will be resting. Then it is the Ducks to finish off the month. And then they go back out onto the road for two Saturday afternoon against Dallas. And then Sunday afternoon at Minnesota. So in my opinion, a couple winnable games coming up ahead on the schedule for San Jose, where if they just do a little bit more than what they did on Saturday night, they might be able to walk away with those two points. All right, we are going to take a break. On the other side, we are going to get into some post-game reaction. Plus, you're going to hear an interview I did with Henry Thrun earlier this week just to talk about his development as a player in the NHL this season. That's all coming up next on Morning Tide, presented by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. Mountain cold refreshment, made to chill.
1: 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Here come the Preds. 1-0 Nashville, down the play. They shoot one off of the defense. What a save there by Kakanen. That was a centering attempt by Trennan that ricocheted off the Sharks defense and had the velocity of a shot on Yole. And that was a big change of direction. Kakanen really had to be very focused to make that save.
3: Another high-quality night from Capo Kakanen for the San Jose Sharks. The first goal, not on him. The second one was a screen. The third one, yeah, you could say he got beat a little bit but was not put in a great situation. Obviously, the fourth one he was not on the ice for as that was an empty netter. So Capo uh, keeps on making very high-quality saves and giving the Sharks a chance in every single game that he plays in. After the game, David Quinn was asked about the play of Mikhail Granlund.
2: Yeah, he had a good week of practice. You could see he was... Uh... On his game tonight and you know that line was pretty good tonight and obviously a heck of a goal to get us uh, get us going.
3: Quinn also spoke on Henry Thrun who did not make a great play on that third goal uh, but Quinn was trying to uh, I won't say absolve but maybe give a little bit of a qualification to what happened out there on the ice from Thrun.
2: You know it's typical you miss a lot of hockey you come back you have a really good first game and then there's a little bit of a drop in the second game and I thought you know he played a lot of hockey tonight too so I didn't think that we helped his cause. Uh, You know, we sat a couple of guys for some time, so I think that contributed to the fact he played 23 minutes, and that's not the number we want him at, so in fairness to him, I think he played a little bit too much tonight, to nobody's fault, just, you know, I thought we wanted to send a message or two a couple of times, so we shortened our decor up a little bit, but the thing you love about Henry, he's uh, coachable, he learns from his mistakes, and you know, he'll have a better night next time.
3: That's one of the biggest things that we see with Henry Thrun is that mind of his at work and not making the same mistake twice. Obviously, he is a young, young player in the NHL, and there are going to be some you know growing pains along the way. You'd rather get these growing pains out of the way now while the team is not in a contending position uh, as opposed to later on. And this is the perfect opportunity for him to have that chance. Philip Zadina, who had a goal in tonight's game, had that great quote talking about his work with Mike Ricci, and uh, I want to make sure y'all heard it. Ricci told me that uh, hard work pays off, but you never know when.
0: So it's probably, you know, it's slowly coming, and I'm just trying to do my job. Uh, you know, work hard for the team, and and uh, if I get those chances, you know, I'm trying to score,
3: put the puck in, or you know, find some place, and and uh, obviously it's uh, it's uh, it's it's a little bit better. Again, I love that quote, and uh, Zadina talked a little bit more about working with Ricci and the payoff. Yeah, I mean, we've been we've been working
0: uh, on some, you know, shooting stuff, and and uh, you know, some ozone stuff, and he's he's been working out uh, working with uh, with all of us, and and uh, you know, he's helping us uh, helping out us run, you know, the ozone and and how to shoot, and you know, just. Uh, be better at scoring
3: yeah reach continues to be the man before we run out of time though I want to make sure you can hear this interview that I did with Henry Thrun earlier this week Just such a smart and uh, exciting young player Enjoy. All right, we've got Hank Thrun as they call him around here, joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network. What's going on, man? How are you doing?
0: Not much. I'm doing well. Uh, Thanks for having me.
3: Yeah, always a pleasure having you come on, man. And, you know, it's good seeing you back being healthy. And yep. one of the things that I always think about is when a player in your situation where you get this opportunity to have the extended time up here at the NHL. Yep. And, you know, obviously we know you're a highly touted prospect in terms of what you were as when the Sharks acquired you they acquired Mm -hmm. you for a reason so you get this extended run of play and then you get an injury and that is like how frustrating is that for you because you've been playing well and you like all of a sudden be like ah well there's the, the other side of the game
0: yeah no that's a great question um It obviously is it's it is really frustrating um, but it's it's a learning experience and something that unfortunately you got to deal with in the the world of sports so um, as you mentioned I was I felt confident I felt that I was playing well um, and putting together a good stretch of games and then um, obviously just (laughs) took an awkward fall and um, (laughs) had to sit on the sidelines for a couple weeks but it's something that uh, you know it happens and um, you know it's really as I said it's you try to learn from it you try to grow from it it's something that you got to find a way to get your game back and um, obviously on uh, our game against Vegas didn't go the way we wanted as a team but for me I felt that um, you know, I felt confident on the ice um, some things execution wise I think will take a game or two to come back but in terms of my, my approach and mentality I felt I still had that confidence which is probably the most important thing.
3: Since you are playing the blue line what what do you think the issue's been with the breakaways? I mean I, know I was just talking to Bales about yeah. it and he said well Johnny Gaudreau." I was like that's a good point Johnny Goudreau, He's he's all right at this game but yeah. I mean are you looking at that and thinking teams have found something to exploit or are those things that structurally have broken down? Because I'm sure, you know, it's it's got to be frustrating. Even if you or any individual player is not at fault, you yeah. still think, we got to fix that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think all of them have, have come... Um in similar fashion in a sense that uh, as defensemen sometimes we just get caught watching the puck and or we're too spread out from our partner and, you know a lot of coaches really like to, to emphasize you know D partners playing on a string and kind of always keeping um, a certain distance away from mm-hmm. each other so um, I saw some of them from up top I saw some of them on the ice and it just seemed that we just uh, we missed half a step and in the NHL if you give someone half a step it's, it's enough room for a breakaway so that's kind of what it boiled down to
3: yeah especially in that game against Vegas, where in those first two minutes and twenty seconds, yeah. you know, by far, the watching you guys on the ice, it was the dominant team, and then suddenly yeah. they just get a little bit of daylight, and it goes the opposite direction, and that's that's what's so frustrating because that can totally take the wind out of the building. I, I felt like it did, um, and then obviously Vegas is is a really really good team, so they can pile on a little bit. But yeah. the second and third period, you guys are right there with them, step for step. Is it encouraging that you were able to rectify, or is it more frustrating that the game started the way that it did?
0: Yeah, it's- Um, You know, Quinny talked about it today. Um, Even when you don't have your best, you got to give yourself a chance to win. Mm -hmm. I think that, during the, the Winnipeg game the guys did a great job of that you know we, it was our first game back and guys were kind of finding our lights maybe a couple more turnovers than we had light. We have, would have lights but at the end of the day we're going into the couple minutes left as a one nothing game and you pull the goal you can at least give yourself a chance to win so when you don't have it that's kind of the biggest thing is um, just keep yourself in the game try not to, to bleed too much try to find a goal here and there um, mm-hmm. and just give yourself a chance really um, and in the Vegas game it's tough when you go down three rip after the first um, it's tough to dig yourself out of that
3: yeah no that is I mean against any team it's obviously difficult um looking at you personally just how much different is your life today than it was a year ago today like <laughs> have you have you done like the the pull back, the big picture because I mean it is
0: yeah no it's it's not even <laughs> comparable um I mean it's it's uh I mean I went from being a college student going to going to class every day and uh spending my afternoons at the rink um to now basically um almost playing games every day and the days that you're not playing games you're trying to recover to make sure you're ready to play the next day (laughs) so it's um it's a hectic lifestyle um but it is a lot of fun um it's uh obviously high stakes environment which uh which I enjoy and I find that I do well in um and it's something that it is it's been a big adjustment and I think at the start of the year I was um, especially in our in our time off that was something that I was struggling with trying to find ways to to sort of um you know, utilize my, my, my free afternoons or any free time I have, but I find mm-hmm. that I'm sort of finding the groove now and getting more comfortable.
3: It's interesting because obviously with the school you were going to, there's a lot of emphasis on the education aspect of yeah. it and you are a student athlete. That's, yeah. that's a reality. But what has that change been like to where you can, and not to describe you as a meathead, but you have the ability to be eat, sleep, and train like that Your yeah. life can be centered around this yeah. in a way that it wasn't before.
0: Yeah. Um, another great question. And honestly, it's, it's um, kind of the opposite of what you might expect to hear is that I found it actually detrimental at the start of the season. Lack of structure? More in a sense that I was spending too much time on hockey, which it (laughs) sounds really counterintuitive when you're a hockey player. But, um, you know, I was – I've always been really focused and really dialed in on my approach away from the rink, and I think that's, you know, having um, school, living with friends, you know, having social events to go to when you're mm-hmm. in college helps a ton. And I think when you're in pro, um, you know, if you want it so bad that you get home and you you know, you, you watch more film and you, you do more stretching and you do more reps in your head. And it's just, I think it, it I was doing too much and I just think it, it actually um, was doing more harm than good. Um, so for me, just trying to find the, you know, where, uh, um, where's the right balance of, of hockey versus uh, versus home life. And I think that uh, obviously stepping outside of college was, was a big adjustment and that was probably the biggest place that I saw it.
3: Where do you, like, how, how do you take the break from hockey? Like, obviously, based on that answer, I'm guessing the next... Part of that is like, well, no, I don't go play NHL, you know, like yeah. right away on the PS5. Like, how do you how do you take a break from it? What's your you know recreation?
0: Yeah, um, I like to cook. I like to read. Um, go for a lot of walks. Um, you know, spend the time uh, spend time on the phone with my family and friends. So like, for me, it's honestly just finding ways um, to do things honestly other than hockey. Really, mm-hmm. anything. Um, if there's if there's times um, that there's a game on at night that I'll throw on and I'll watch, um, but it more so is in a leisure fashion and there might be a guy or two that I'll be watching, but it's not uh, yeah. not as focused as it might have been, you know, um, at the start of the year where I was, you know, trying to do everything I possibly could. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I've been slowly trying to find ways and I feel that I'm, I'm getting better at it, but I still think it's something that throughout my career will be something I'll try to try to focus on.
3: What is your focus for the rest of the year? How does How does Henry Thrun maximize these final, what, 26 games?
0: Yeah, I think... Um, You know, it's uh, for me, my my game plan is um, obviously at game one in the books and it might take, you know, one more or two more games to kind of get back in a groove and and feel, um, you know, I'm back in full rhythm. And I think from there, um, I mean, there's a lot of different areas in my game that I I see areas for for growth. and I think for me one that we, we just started to work on um literally right before I got hurt maybe like that game was was uh honestly thinking a little bit more offensively um just because I think I have more to give in that department um mm-hmm. you know in college I was even in junior i always was pretty successful on the offensive side of the puck um and in pro that hasn't clicked yet which is something that it's been fine it, ha- it honestly hasn't been something we haven't even talked about yeah. so um, I've just been trying to find ways to play solid and be reliable and stay in the lineup um, so now that I'm growing more confidence in that area I'm trying to find ways to sort of step up my game and help the team win a little bit more
3: um what did you think of Shakir when he got a chance to come up and play because obviously you yeah. played with him with the uh, with the cuda and obviously you you were injured so you' were yeah. able to watch what did you think of him
0: yeah shaq's a hell of a player um, I mean he's Six five, and he moves like he's six foot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the orbit
3: with his stick,
0: yeah, is huge. Yeah, he's huge. He's huge, and he and he, and he moves really well, which is a pretty uh, pretty lethal combination. Um, you know, he sees the ice well. Um, he's got good hands. Um, so I think he's uh, he's a hell of a player right now, and I think he's only gonna get better. You know, he um, I, I got the chance to work with him for a little bit during training camp, and um, and with the Cuda, and yeah, you know, he wants to get better. He's got a good approach, which I think um, you know, he's just. We have a good group of uh, young guys here. And I think, you know, Shaq's doing well right now. And I think he's going to have a great uh, great NHL career probably starting pretty soon.
3: Yeah, it seems like it. Uh, You know, I think that when we saw, you know, guys like you coming in, guys like Shakir, obviously you look at another guy like Ahochuk who also came in in the same trade that Shakir came in Uh as well. It's like, you know, it's a a young blue liners. And that's a very, it's not as sexy as a position, obviously, as, you know, if you're going to be, you know, forward because it's not as focused on goal scoring. But, you know, it is fun. To watch you guys play the point on the power play and yeah. you know get on the breakout and c- come forward with some speed, I think that's you know, that's the opportunity for a guy like you to shine. Because I, when I got to do uh, one of the Barracuda games earlier this year, when yeah. Nick was calling a, um, a Sharks game, yep. watching you on run the power play, I was like, ah, oh, this is interesting because I didn't get to see that as much yeah. with your game when you were up at the end of last year.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the um, as I mentioned, the offense is something that I, I hope will start to come a little bit more. Um, you know, the power play is something that same uh, same. As as before, you know, it was something I um, had always been a part of in college and junior. So I hope to to add that element to my game. Um, I think, it, again, that's something that I haven't spoken with, with the staff or coaches. So mm-hmm. it hasn't really been a thought um, so far. But yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, start to, start to build up some confidence in the offensive side of the puck. And maybe that'll lead to some power
3: play minutes as well. Nice. Well, Hank, I will let you go, man. Thank you yeah. for your time as always. And I'll bug you again soon, all right? Thank you. Good to see you. Again, that is Henry Thrun joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network on Morning Tide. And we are all out of time. I will talk to you all on Tuesday afternoon as the San Jose Sharks get ready for the New Jersey Devils. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.
1: You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide. Brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.